With Final Cuts happening today, we look ahead toward the biggest question still facing the Green Bay Packers in 2022. Ones we'll get answers to presumably in the next few weeks before the season opens. Plus, should you actually be worried that your favorite player gets cut? We'll talk about all of that on today's show. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy game made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, try to say that 10 times fast, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. And first time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So I thought with cut down day here, it would be useful to. Look past the cuts for now because as of this recording, we don't have the cuts. We're not like Arby's. We don't have the meats. We don't have the cuts yet. Uh, We will get them later today. And so our Wednesday show, we can break down the surprises and all that stuff. So that stuff is coming. I want everyone to understand that, but we just don't have it yet. So what I wanted to do was was talk about the questions that we still had about the guys that we expect to be on the roster because what we don't expect to happen is anyone who is currently in a starting position or in a position to likely have a major role on this team to get cut. And so when we talk about the biggest questions facing the team, we're not talking about guys making the team or not. And this was something that I mentioned the other day when I said it's it's a luxury for a team like the Packers to not have a, to make a decision like this because they're not looking at, you know, four offensive tackles who are all roughly the same level of crappy. Pick one to start, pick another to back that guy up and then cut the other two. And, and we just don't know who those guys are because they're all roughly the same level of crappy. No, that's not where the Packers are. Also, Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, they were out at practice yesterday in pads, which bodes well for where we're going toward week one. Now, does that mean that they're going to start? No, but the Packers have a plan. They have bodies there. Zach Tom, through the preseason, without a pressure among qualified uh, offensive linemen, the only player in the NFL to do that. Royce Newman was second, by the way. He allowed one pressure. And, and I, you know, I had some some people, there was a pro football focus tweet about it that was like, hey, you're always, you know, dragging Royce Newman. And it's just like, well, he's fine. Zach Tom is better. Like, Royce Newman is a competent offensive line starter, probably. But he also got benched last year for Lucas Patrick, who is, I think, 
more than a replacement level player. Newman was a sub replacement level player last year because he was inconsistent. We'll see if he's gained some consistency. I don't think a couple of preseason games is going to change my mind on his level of consistency to this point. But that position, that spot, that right guard spot, that is one of the true competitions on this team. And it's one of the only ones that involves someone playing a lot of snaps. This is the only starting position that's up for grabs. In my, at least at least right now, as we think of up for grabs, I think there are targets up for grabs in the receiver room. I, I think the that hierarchy is fluid. But we know that it's going to start out Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Randall Cobb. That's going to be the guys early on, at least, who are in those 11 personnel groupings. But you may need more outside receivers. You may need Romeo Dobbs out there with Watkins if you're going to play Alan Lazard in the slot as much as they seem like they're going to. So... Something to keep an eye on there. But this guard spot is the one that is truly uh, in question, where we don't know what is going to happen, what this offensive line is going to look like opening day. If everyone is healthy, David Bakhtiari, John Ronin Jr., Josh Myers, Elton Jenkins, they'll be on this offensive line. I have very little doubt of that. But if Elton Jenkins is out there, is he playing right tackle? And if he is, who's playing right guard? Is it Zach Tom? Is it Royce Newman? Is it Jake Hansen? That's a, a relatively big question this season. Now, the Packers have some good options there. I think Tom, his best position right now is probably tackle. I've seen some arguments made the other way that because um, on the edge, you can get bull rushed by guys who can create a little bit more momentum, convert speed to power, and his struggles with his anchor could become a bigger problem, actually a tackle than on the inside where you're dealing with bigger guys, but guys who do not have the same explosiveness, the same the same um, juice to, to take advantage of that deficiency in the same kind of way. I guess I can see both sides of that argument. That's going to be up for the Packers to decide on that one. There are some other pretty pretty big questions. Like, what's going to happen at kicker? And this is one that I thought our friend Tex Western over at Acme Packing Company had a really interesting theory on this. And the theory went that Mason Crosby would be on the 53. I don't, I don't think there's really that much question about that. But that Ramiz Ahmed would be on the practice squad and then called up if Mason can't get ready. He's he's working his way back. But you're talking about a guy in his late 30s um, who plays a very niche position. You worry that if he's not healthy now, that if, they, if you rush him too quickly, you're putting him in a position where he's more likely to get re-injured. And what you absolutely don't want is to not have a kicker that you have faith in at the end of the season when you need him, when you need him in a game where it's, you know, 15 degrees and you need him to kick that brick of a football through the uprights to win a game in the postseason, you want Mason Crosby ready to go. You don't want him that he had some lingering hamstring issue or whatever all season because you pushed him too fast too soon. That is not a small question. Now, Ahmed has looked really good by all accounts in camp was impressive in the preseason. So maybe it turns out he is actually a good option. Um, booted some monster kicks um, in the USFL. So, you know, it could, could end up being a pretty good backup option. It also could be the case that another team snags him 
if the Packers don't put him on the 53, what you don't want to do is have to put Mason Crosby um, on the PUP. Because then that creates a necessary sit-out period. Now, maybe you don't care for the same reasons that you, you want him healthy. So who cares if he misses the first month? You have this other kicker that you feel pretty good about. And so then you figure it out from there. And it maybe becomes a little bit more difficult for another team to snag him a month into the season when you probably have a kicker that you've been working with and there's continuity and all that stuff. I think that's that's a reasonable take out there. On the edge, that that I don't think edge three is necessarily up for grabs, although the Cardinals inexplicably cut Devon Kennard. Um, and I think he is a nice player who would be a great fit in Green Bay and would give them, you know, it, not like he's some some wily vet like Whitney Merciless, but he's a talented player that I think could give the Packers something in this pass rush room. We had in the Leap newsletter yesterday our biggest spots of concern. And for me, it was pass rush. It was on the edge because you have Rashawn Gary, you have Preston Smith. But after that, you have very little and you have essentially nothing in terms of proven. No one is proven. You don't have anything that you know for sure about those guys. Well, you know Kennard can be an NFL player. And you know the Cardinals right now are kind of a mess of an organization. And you already snagged Russell Douglas. Uh, they already were like, no, no, thank you, Devondre Campbell. Like, I don't, I don't think we should say just because they don't think he's good that he's not good. He's a useful player. They drafted some guys. And so that's what led them to this moment. If you can get someone like that, I think that makes a lot of sense. Safety is another one like that. Tony Jefferson just uh, got released in Baltimore. The Packers have safety questions. Sean Davis is a nice player. He, he had a nice preseason, a nice camp. Darnell Savage is back out there getting some work in. The expectation for now is that he's going to be ready for week one. But after that, you've got a lot of depth questions. Now, if the, are the Packers going to stick with this idea that they don't, they don't want to play this three safety nickel? Well, is that because they don't have three safeties? Or is it because they think Quay Walker is so capable of doing everything that you need him to do? I think it would be nice to have some A, some depth, and B, some flexibility to do some different kinds of things against some different kinds of teams. Like If you go up against a team that has two quality tight ends, but that likes to use them in the passing game. Um, or I would say the, the Eagles fall under this team, although they like to run the ball a lot. You probably would just say, okay, Quay Walker, we got to deal with you covering tight ends and Devontae Campbell, you're going to have to cover some tight ends and, and Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos. But it might be nice to have some more flexibility with a guy like Jefferson. Running back three, I think we'll get the answer today. Is it Tyler Goodson? Is it Patrick Taylor? I think ultimately it is Taylor. I would pick Tyler Goodson because I I, I don't care. I want the better player. He, I, Tyler Goodson helps me on offense more. And I think I can fix the special team stuff. So let me go that way. Now, pass protection, eh, that's not ideal. I thought Jason on our show yesterday made a really good point as Coach LaFleur that Yes, no one on the offense currently can do some of the things that Tyler Goodson can do, but the closest would be Aaron Jones. Um, and, and Aaron Jones is a dynamic playmaker as well, has that juice, that shiftiness, that acceleration in the open field. But when Kylan Hill gets back, he can pretty much do everything Tyler Goodson can do, but he's bigger and more reliable and has spent more time in the system. So if Patrick Taylor is your special teams guy and your power back, your backup power back, 
I guess that makes sense. I always want the dynamic playmaking if I can get it, but that's what Kylan Hill is for. It seems like he's progressing the right kind of way, but he's not going to be ready to start the season. Cornerback, like six. Do we really care that much? I don't I don't know. Tight end, if Big Bob Tunyon's not ready to go, I think that's a place where if, if Tunyon is not ready to go week one, I think the Packers probably have to sign someone. Because Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Davis, like Tyler Davis as an as an offensive player is just less than less than zero right now. And maybe maybe you have to keep Nate Becker on the team. Maybe you can sneak him on the practice squad. Those those are the big questions on this team right now. And, and I think the only ones that we won't get answers to when these final cuts actually come in. I, I, I want to talk to you about this concern everyone has about losing their favorite guy. But I, I want to talk about our friends at Prize Picks first. Prize Picks is daily fantasy. And it's daily fantasy made just about as easy as possible because you're not going up against anyone else. You're just going up against the numbers. So let's say Aaron Rodgers, two and a half touchdowns. Okay. You say he goes over. If he goes over, great. That's it. That's it. That's all you have to do. You just have to pick the thing right. You pick two, two to five players. And if they score more or less than the prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against anyone else. You're not competing against me. You're competing against the number that prize picks set. And, and they don't just have football, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, men's and women's soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf. Yes, you heard me right. Euro basketball, cricket. Come on. These, you can do this in 60 seconds or less plus safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. You deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit 50 bucks, Prize Picks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the ultimate pro football preview starting August 31st, an eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network and the Odyssey NFL Insiders all combining into one ultimate. NFL preview starting August 31st. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Freeview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. So every year this happens, and I've I've mentioned this before, and, and I don't want to I don't want to feel like I'm I'm like attacking anybody because I'm certainly not. It is very intuitive and and in, in some ways logical to worry that a player that you think is useful potentially is going to get snapped up by someone else they almost never do and this is just my anecdotal observation by the way we're talking about like single digit percentages of players on in final cuts end up going claimed on waivers the players 
at least sort of like going through my memory of either players the Packers have claimed or that have been claimed or that I can think of where these examples are is players who have had NFL experience, guys who have played in games, someone like Ty Summers, someone like Devon Kennard. These guys have been in NFL games. They have played NFL snaps. They have played a role in the league. Every team has a Samori Toure. Every team has a Caleb Jones. Now, are they as good as the players that the Packers have? In the, certainly in the case of the offensive line, the answer is historically, the probability says no. The Packers are just really good at finding these guys. But the receivers, I mean, we've never had in the history of the league more quality receivers than we have right now. So it's more about who do you think is going to get claimed? Who can play a role for you on special teams? And who can you get on the practice squad? Someone like Samori Toure is going to make it on the practice squad. Is Caleb Jones? Probably. So then, and, and we had these discussions on the show yesterday as Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst, what position is more valuable and to, and to where is the drop-off? So... I think of receiver and I go, okay, well, if I really need a receiver, I can find an athletic receiver. And are they going to be good? No, probably they won't be good, but they will have some speed probably, or if I want some size, someone like Travis Fulgham, who was just out there for anyone to have. Throw that guy out there. He was third or fourth on the Eagles in targets. I mean, th this, is, this is a player who had a stretch you know, albeit not exactly yesterday, we're talking about two years ago, where he was like the receiver for the Eagles. Now, that had more to do with what, what a brutal situation that was. But that's still like NFL experience. That's what that is. And and in 2020, he, he had a good experience. He was a nice player. There were, there were Packer fans, I think, pretty annoyed about that. And Packer fans going, oh, well, you know, Fulgham could be doing what Lazard is doing or, or he could have helped in the postseason. And I was just like, you guys, I hate to break it to you. This he is a replacement level player. Now, I think someone like Toure can be more than that. I had high hopes Juwan Winfrey could be more than that. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it now. He was someone who in camp last year, you know, Kirk Benker was on the show raving about Juwan Winfrey. And he would make these splash plays in, in camp. But in the games, we just haven't seen it. And Toure has shown more in games, I think, than Winfrey has so far in terms of actual productivity. There was a play, and I know Jordan Love overthrew him. But it was the go route that, that Love overthrew at the end of the half against the Chiefs. And... Winfrey won over the top, stacked the corner, but was not able to add space, was not able to create more separation down the field with his speed. When Samori Toure double moved that Saints corner into oblivion, he's five, six yards down the field and, and maintains that distance. He looks like he has the explosiveness to be productive down the field. I don't know if Winfrey has that explosiveness 
to be that kind of guy. And then it's like, okay, well, then he's a special teams player who can block and he's a really nice wide receiver six or wide receiver seven, which is what he's going to be on this team. Now, maybe in a year, you have someone like Toure and Randall Cobb, let's say he's not on the team anymore. Sammy Watkins, he's not on the team anymore. All of a sudden, Toure might be wide receiver five with a chance to be one injury away from being wide receiver four or even wide receiver three, given where they want to play uh, Alan Lazard in the slot so often. So he has more upside to me. But right now, the guy that's going to help you more is, is Winfrey. Aaron Rodgers has talked about Winfrey. He seems to be assignment sure. Again, special teams value, even if Toure has more upside. This goes back to my original point, though. Every team has a Samori Toure. Every team has a Juwan Winfrey. Every team has a Travis Fulgham. The Eagles cut him, even though he was a productive player for them. The Broncos, or let him go, the Broncos cut him. And the Packers got him. No one else put in a waiver claim or at least no one else above them. So every team has these guys. Is there that big a difference between Fulgham, Toure, and, and, and Winfrey? Probably not. There's just probably not that big a difference. And and so that this is, this is one reason why you probably shouldn't freak out if your guy doesn't make the, the roster. But also, if he doesn't and he's good enough, he'll be on the practice squad. If the Packers liked him enough to almost keep him, they're going to make an effort to get him on the practice squad. So he's going to be on the team with a chance to be on the 53 at some point. Samari Ture was just never, you know, even if he makes the team, seven, eight, whatever, in terms of the chances that he actually gets to play meaningful offensive snaps this year, if that's happening, a lot of people got hurt. And if that's the case, you have much bigger issues. So it's just like it, it's just I understand why fans get riled up over it. But number one, chances are the guys can make it to the practice squad if the Packers want him to be on the practice squad. And number two, it's also the case that if they just make it to the practice squad, there's a low probability they ever become much of anything anyway. Some players do. And they're great stories when they do. Jake Hansen went from the practice squad to now competing for a chance to be a starter on an offensive line where the Packers have invested a lot. But he's played well enough and been versatile enough that now he's getting this opportunity. That's pretty uncommon. So I know that I'm appealing to, you know, the I'm trying to use logic to appeal to the emotional side of your brain. And so that's a fool's errand in a lot of ways. But I think it's a good reminder of like the chances of, of any of these guys, fringe roster guys ever being, you know, forget good NFL players, marginally useful NFL players is small. The chances of any player ever being useful are pretty small. The average NFL career is three and a half years for a reason. Most of these guys either not very good or going to get hurt. But. The good players make the team, generally speaking. And if you don't, you know, I think the case of someone like Devon Kennard or, or, or um, Jefferson, that's that part of that is for money. Part of that is, is, you know, veterans will get cut because they have a young player that they want to come up. That's different. We're talking about fringe roster guys. 
let's not worry about any of the fringe roster guys. I just, it's, it's not, it's not worth the time and energy. Not that you can't get excited about them. Absolutely get excited about them. Get excited about Caleb Jones. Hell yeah. If that's where you want to be, hell yeah. I'm excited about Caleb Jones. I'm excited about Samori Toure. I'm excited about Tyler Goodson. But if they don't make the team, I don't think it's a heartbreaking thing from the standpoint of how they're going to contribute to this team. Now, yeah, if if Caleb Jones doesn't make the team and then goes to the Bears, that's going to be a bummer. That's going to be a bummer. But I think from a calculation standpoint, it's a bummer you live with because chances are it's not going to be that big a deal. All right, we're going to finish up here in just a second. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Get high. Get a DUI. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. Now go make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iru, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, we are going to be back tomorrow, um, five days a week. We're in it. It's time. Um, and, and we're doing the thing. I love it. I love it. Um, hopefully, we have a, a special guest coming this week. Uh, we will have a summer Friday. Might come early, might come late. We'll see what happens. So we'll get a lot of familiar faces back on the show coming up very soon. So a lot of fun stuff coming up this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.